And ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Smoke and Tobacco Show. I'm Matt Tobacco from SmokeandTobacco.com, and I'm joined again by my beautiful girlfriend, Smoking Nicole. Uh, Mr. Jonathan Carney from La Florida Dominicana is absent once again. Uh, this week it's because there's a little bit of a conflicting broadcast. John has, I can't remember which number it is, I want to say it's number seven. Uh, but he's got his gourmet smoke sessions. He is live in Arkansas tonight. And so I, and I think he's going to be right around the same time. We're going to be competing shows. So uh, if you want to see some LFD cooking with John, um, sure, you know, dump the show and go over there. But I think we're going to have a little more fun over here. Uh, in spirit, we are smoking LFD, and we'll get to that in a minute. But tonight we do have uh, the one and only, uh, the Master Sensei, Eric from Cigar Dojo is here. Eric, what's going on? Hey guys, I'm excited to be on the show, uh, hanging out on a Wednesday night, smoking cigars, drinking bourbon. What more could you want? That's what it's all about, you know. <laughs> and as and as you guys always say, never smoke alone. That's right. You so know, you gotta, even if you're alone in your garage, you can uh, be smoking with other aficionados wherever they may be all over the world. You know, and that's the great thing about not only what you guys have done. I think. Especially last year with the pandemic, you know, a lot of shops, lounges, cigar bars, all the, the public places that people would gather to, to hang out and, and socialize. Even if you didn't go with a friend, maybe you, you, you met someone, you know. Yeah, that was that was uh, mostly shut down last year for the most part. So, you know, the online aspect of, of kind of like what we all do and it really came to the forefront, you know, is, is the, is the place for everyone, you know, you start seeing more zooms and, and, you know, virtual herfs and, and stuff like that. So, uh, and then, but you know, the dojo was always there. Um, and you guys have a great community of people, uh, that get together and smoke. Um, you know, anyone who hasn't heard of the cigar dojo, you know, you guys, obviously you have your app and every website and you, you know, you, you guys have a lot of stuff going on. We'll get to it, but you know, that's, it's, uh, I think that's, that's the forefront and that's the focal point here is, you know, just, you never have to smoke alone. And it's one of those things, you know, I, I thought about it as your, as your slogan or your motto or whatever. It's, it's true. I mean, even if you're alone, like you can, it's 2021. I mean, you, you really never have to be alone. You can get on your phone, you can get on your laptop, you, you can smoke with people. They might not be right here with you, but you, you're you're smoking with people, and I think that that's just that's magical. It's what makes everything what we do so special. Um, but tonight, before we go too far, uh, we have what we're smoking. So Eric, as our guest, what are you smoking tonight? I uh, just lit up the uh, Perdomo uh, 10th anniversary Sun Grown. It's one of my it's one of my favorite uh, smokes that I. I go to quite often on the Maduro and even the Champagne. I like all all three of them, but tonight this, uh, seemed like the Sun Grown was the uh, was the one for me. So that's what I went with. It's funny you say that because I have in front of me um, on the desk here. It's not what I'm smoking, but I I, I was smoking these yesterday. I was uh, was actually hanging out with Coop, and uh, I had one. I grabbed a couple of these, and it's it's based off of the twentieth Sun Grown, and it's the the rare, I think it's rare now, the Perdomo Firecracker cigar oh, yeah. from oh, yeah. Perdomo and United Cigars, um, which fantastic smoke, by the way. Um, packs, packs a lot of punch for a little sun-grown cigar. Um, but tonight, yeah. I am smoking the LFD El Granu. 
Um, and according to our friends at twoguyscigars.com, this is a 6x64 and it retails for $9.89. Or, unlike most boxes, you can buy a box of 100 for $872.99, um, <laughs> which is... <laughs> and what's the count on that box? It's 100 Wow. Yeah, yeah, I know. You better, I, you better like, you better really like that if you're gonna make that purchase. Well, it's funny because I talked to John about it, and he was like, "Well, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, the conversation was, well, we we thought about it with more of like the retailer in mind for like the display, like you open the crate and like they're all in there, and um, but yeah, that's 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 a pretty big box, and it's a big cigar to have a lot of too. Uh, so yeah. That, that, that's crazy. Nicole, what are you smoking? Um, I'm smoking the LFD Lenox Toro. Mm. Um, and according to twoguyscigars.com, a single goes for $12.39, and a box of 20 goes for $219.99. Yeah, so in John's absence, um, yet again, for two weeks in a row, he yeah. seems to do this like two weeks on, two weeks off kind of thing. So. He should be back next week. I'm, you know, I forgot that there was a, um, there was a gourmet smoke session today. I texted him. I'm like, it's a little dojo mashup show. You ready? And he's like, bro, I have a gourmet <laughs> smoke session. I'm like, oh, come on, this is what, gonna be what a loser. I know. See, like this is this is gonna be good. This is gonna be good. <laughs> Eric knows. <laughs> Shots fired early in the show. I love it. Um, so you know that we've gotten that kind of out of the way. You know. I was we were talking before you know, you know the dojo has been around for a little while and you guys have created such a, a great community, um, but you know for our viewers and our listeners, you know how, tell us how did the dojo come to be? I, actually, I don't even think I know this, which I'm surprised. But how did the dojo come to be, and, and how long ago was that? So it's actually it really dates back to like 2011. Um, uh, we started a blog called uh, quickcigarreviews.com. And the idea behind quickcigarreviews.com was uh, it was really just kind of for our own fun. Um, us, us guys in the family here, me, Jordan, Matt, that like to smoke cigars. And we thought, you know, let's, I'm, I'm a web guy. I, was, I, I do that for a living. So we'll just do this sort of little side project for fun. And we can catalog the cigars that we're smoking. It'll be. It'll be just a, a side fun project or whatever, and uh, kind of started to get some traction. And um, but we didn't like that name, QuickCigarReviews.com. Didn't seem very marketable or anything. And um, so mm -hmm. uh, in 2012, we uh, actually Jordan uh, came up with the name CigarDojo.com. Um, the idea was, you know, like a community aspect to it. Although there was no community yet. Uh, it was just a blog where we reviewed cigars, and um, then about six months later is when we came out with the app, and um, that's when things like exploded and uh, and really really took off. So everything pretty much happened within the years of 2011, 2012, and um, and the app was we were really at the time we were like the only cigar app out there. There was cigar forums and stuff online. Uh, a lot of that kind of stuff. There was no Facebook groups, nothing like that. So we were literally like the only thing like it at the time. And so it really uh, escalated quickly, mm -hmm. um, which was a ton of fun. And uh, obviously between then and, and now, lots of other crazy stuff ha has happened since that we've had to adjust. But um, that was pretty much the uh, the genesis of it all. And then sometime in between there, we kind of made it our full-time gig. Um 
because it, uh, you know, it, it was, it was sort of our life at that point. It just blew up. And so, uh, so now that's what we do uh, full time. So about roughly, would you say, it, I know probably you don't know exact, but roughly how, how many members of Cigar Dojo do you think you have? So, um, it's right now there's about 27,000. Um, wow. When we had, so what happened is we had the app on the app stores, right? And <laughs> it was on Apple and Google and it was a regular app. And at that point we had, I don't know, 56,000 or something like that. But when, uh, now I'm going to, I'm going to sort of jump ahead here, but when Apple kicked all the cigar apps off of their platform, uh, we redeveloped the app and kind of started over, and that was la- just last July. So that hasn't even been a year yet. Um, and so now we're we're at about uh, I don't know twenty six thousand something like that. I mean that's a pretty good following of of people to to get together. You know, with that, you know, like we were talking about before that community, that cigar smoking community. You know, within one platform. You know, there's there's a lot of different platforms. You know, we we will we'll kind of talk a little bit more as we as we go. You know, specifically, you know, one comes to mind. You know, like. Um, McAuliffe Cigars, you know, they have their ambassador program, which is kind of like their own following for their own brand. But it's still a community of, of cigar smokers that get together and they smoke all sorts of different kinds of things. Um, you know, you know, you have the dojo universe. There's a lot of them out there. And so any, you know, anyone who gets that many people together, that's that's an accomplishment. And, it, and it's great. It's great for the community. Uh, like I was saying before, last year, you know, with the pandemic, you know, and a lot of people, you know, they couldn't get together in person. You know, they 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 could go online. You know, they could get together with people. They could, you know, pull out their phones. They could go on their laptops. They can go on their iPads. Um, you know, there's a lot of like cigar clubs on like Instagram and Facebook that are, you know, not 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 as you know involved in as big as you know like dojo and stuff like that. But you know, they get people together. You know, and and uh, I always thought that that was the most important part of. You know what everyone's doing you know with this um that's really cool now the other thing i noticed is that you know you guys still do reviews you have your community um you even have on the dojo website i noticed that you have a hall of fame for some of your yeah. dojo members so <laughs> how did that come to be <laughs> yeah so the hall of fame um it's sort of a contentious idea um and it it's gotten us in into trouble in the past because we wanted it to be like a super exclusive kind of deal where it's very difficult to uh to get into and it's really for dojo members that have gone like above and beyond or have just been there all the time you know like day in and day out i don't know every um it used to be every year we would induct five members or so into the hall of fame and uh, we've slowed that down quite a bit in the last uh, few years um to to try to just keep it you know like hey man if you're in the hall of fame like you've really you've really done stuff you've really hung around a long time or you've done some stuff behind the scenes or whatever to help our community uh grow and stay a positive community so it's really it's just kind of a fun goofy sort of thing that we do and the people that you know get elected into the hall of fame you know they get a you know some special swag that comes in the mail that kind of stuff and their name is is emboldened into the hall of fame for forever yeah um that that i i haven't really seen a lot of that in any other community so i think that's really cool when i saw that i was like oh this is awesome so they have a section on there 
where certain you know certain members of theirs are like they're always up there like you were saying like they're up there forever um you know has their name where they're from a little bit you know about them or whatever and i thought that was really cool it's a nice touch you know and it's a, it's a nice way to uh it's not only like kind of just enshrine like you know some of your more like devoted followers and members and stuff like that but it's it's a cool way of i don't know it's I guess you could say incentivize people to, to be more, you know, involved in part of the community and stuff like that. You know, like, Hey, you can be part of the, the hall of fame too. If you know, you're really dedicated to it. Um, yeah, now, nowadays <laughs> we have, we have automated sort of ways of getting recognition. We can, we'll probably talk about this more, but in the dojo verse, as you participate, you earn, you know, first you start with your white belts and then the more you participate, you get a yellow belt and then an orange belt and green and brown and red. And eventually you get your black belt. And so, like, if you see a guy on the dojoverse.com that is a black belt, you know that that dude is legit. Like, he or she has really, really participated a lot in, in the span of however long it took them to become a black belt. So that's, like, another uh, – that's part of our new, our new platform – which I, I wouldn't say it's taking over the Hall of Fame because we'll probably continue to have that. But um, this way, um, it's all sort of automated so that, uh, you know, it's not relying on, you know, me and Jordan just picking names, you know, which, you know, could could seem unfair. You know, the, the black belt thing, that's just all on your own, man. If you can <laughs> earn a black belt, then you are a black belt. So I don't think you touched on this earlier, but where exactly does that whole – like martial arts dojo the sensei theme kind of well, how did where did that really come from like what wh was there an inspiration specifically for that for for the dojo well i'd love to say that there was some sort of actual real connection to march martial arts but really the truth of the matter is <laughs> is uh when jordan found the name cigardojo.com and we liked that name because uh we wanted our idea way back in the day was a community where you can learn more about cigars from guys who know a lot or maybe you are a, a guy or a girl who knows a lot and you want to teach others so we we felt like hey that this is cool it's like a, a dojo this is where you go to train and to learn or possibly teach or be a teacher hmm. and so that that it just all played into the you know the community aspect of things i had done a lot of big like internet communities before the dojo that had nothing to do with cigars, by the way. So my my goal all along was to have some type of community aspect to it. And so that name was just such a good marketable name that um, it, it really stuck with us and we were able to, you know, it had some fun branding aspects that we could play with. You know, Master Sensei, which obviously I'm not a sensei, I'm just a dude. But um, <laughs> it, it became, it sort of became my my moniker and uh, it still freaks me out to this day when people call me they'll be, hey sensei come over you know like we'll be at a, a cigar place hey sensei come here and i'm always just like it just seems so strange right but um it's just a fun it's just really just a fun kind of uh, a play on the whole community aspect i could imagine you being in a public crowd <laughs> and someone being like oh sensei and they all look and yeah. then there's some guy who's like oh you practice and you're like no i really don't know how to do it i just it's it's a long story and they're like oh this guy's a fraud he's not really a sensei <laughs> it's, like, it's like appropriating that i mean I just smack him for that so i'm curious what what was your profession before that you did this full time 
Uh, I'm a, uh, I, by trade, I'm a graphic artist, um, but later in life I got into um, SEO and optimizing websites and um, helping people uh, get found on the internet, uh, that kind of stuff. And um, that's obviously what helped the, the dojo grow so quickly is, you know, we had a bit of expertise in that realm. And, um, and now I don't really do that at all. I just, I just do the dojo. So that's cool. Did you create the graphic like behind you at the backdrop? Uh, yeah, actually this is a gigantic, um, canvas print that, uh, that me and Jordan made. And, um, so yeah, we, we do, we do all that. We've, we do all the, you know, most of the branding on all of our cigar collaborations and that kind of stuff. So yeah, both of us, um, do graphics. Jordan's really good, a photographer and videographer, so he does most of that kind of stuff. He's also the main editor on the the dojo, and then we have other guys that write reviews for us. But uh, Jordan's sort of the lead, the lead editor of the whole the whole operation. That's really cool. I mean, it's nice having those skills in house. You know, especially if that's like what your strong suit is, where you where you came from. You know, and and you, you go to start something like this. You know, that's. Number one, it makes it easy for you right out of the gate. Number two, it saves you on money because you don't have to hire other people to do it for you. Um, so I can see how, yeah, that's really helped you grow easily and quickly by just being able to do kind of all that yourself. You know, I know, I know for example, I'm not a computer guy. So in the beginning, like when I had my website, you know, I was like, I need to meet with like a web guy because I needed to, I needed some help getting my, I mean, I, I built most of it by myself, but then there was some stuff that I, I just didn't know. Um, so that definitely would be a good advantage. One of the observations that I've made so far is that a lot of the cigar guys um, come from computer backgrounds. So like you come from computer background, Coop's a computer background guy. Uh, I believe even Steve Saka was in computer stuff before he went into the cigar industry, if I remember correctly. I think he was a blog. He was a blogger for a while. I think. Yeah, but I, yeah, but he also I thought he worked for thought he worked for like a software company or I something like that. I think he did. Yeah. I, I think that too. But the, uh, Dan Thompson from McAuliffe. Dan Thompson. Yeah. He worked for Microsoft for like yep. 20, 25 years, something like mm -hmm. that. So yeah, something about the cigar industry is very attractive to uh, the computer guys. I don't know what it is. It seems <laughs> to be a thing. <laughs> uh, you know, and of course, you know, you guys have, you guys have your own podcast too. You have, um, you know, you have your show that's coming up tonight. The, um, I'm sorry. What was I going to say? Um, as I'm, I'm losing my notes here. Um, my iPad is like all over the place. I had a whole outline of like stuff that I was bringing up here. And like now it, it, this is what happens. Um, but yeah, so you, ha you have your show tonight. You have your uh, your Flavor Odyssey. And then you, of course you have the Smoke Night Live um, podcast. So you guys have two podcasts that you run. Um, right. Which I used to do. So I used to well, I'm kind of. Uh, I'm kind of going back to it. So I used to do myself. I used to do two podcasts. I, I was, you know, I had Smoke a Tobacco Show at one point, and then I was on uh, the Ash Holes podcast, um, kind of in the beginning of my podcast days. So I know what it's like to have two different shows that you got to prepare for and set up and then be on, and it, it, it's a lot. So uh, that that's a lot of work in, in itself, too. But now, you know, I, I've, I've kind of gone back to that as uh, we haven't really made a huge fuss over it, but Coop and I. Um, are now going to be doing a show together that'll be bi-weekly um, called the Spare Notes series. So if you guys caught the first one, that's cool. If not, you should check it out. It's all on our YouTube channel, and it's kind of mixed in with the other episodes on the podcast channels and stuff like that. So kind of going back to two shows. 
that I got to prepare for in a, in a, in a week. But, uh, yeah, that's definitely a lot of work. And you guys do, you guys have, uh, quite the, uh, quite the following too on those shows and you guys do pretty well. I mean, I feel like, you know, the last year has kind of been the year of the cigar podcast in a sense where, you know, a lot of people kind of came out of the woodwork and I've had this conversation with Coop too. And I'm sure you've started too, you know, there was a lot of people that kind of came out and started shows and then it kind of dwindled back down. But, um, you know, some, some cool people came out of it and we came out of it, not tooting my own horn, but you know, we came out of it. There's been some other people that, uh, you know, the McAuliffe guys, you know, they started their off the record show, which has been pretty successful. Um, they've done really well with that. Um, I'm curious though. So for people who may not have seen either of your podcasts in a nutshell, what are both of them about? All right. So, uh, uh, tonight, uh, every Wednesday night we do flavor odyssey, which is actually hosted by, uh, Robbie Raz and Randy Griggs. Um, and then me, me and Jordan produce the show uh, from here in Colorado, and we're on it just as kind of like uh, so that we can banter with the fellas a little bit. Um, but they, what they do on Flavor Odyssey, it's really cool. They'll um, every season is a different theme, and it's a pairing show. Um, but uh, this season they they're going through uh, different uh, flavor components. So like they had a spicy segment which was four weeks long. They had a uh, uh, was a sweet, I think, segment. Right now we're in chocolatey, uh, uh, a chocolatey segment. Tonight's the final segment of the chocolatey segment. So then we'll be pairing uh, something that has chocolate notes in it mm -hmm. that should, that may or may not pair well. That's sort of the fun of it is sometimes the pairings aren't good, and sometimes you learn more when the pairing isn't good than when it is good. Although tonight mm -hmm. I, I feel pretty confident it's going to be good because tonight is uh, – Mexican hot chocolate paired with the Undercrown 10. Ooh. So I feel like Ooh. that one is going to be I feel like that one's going to be a good a good one, but I guess we'll we'll wait and see how that goes tonight. And you know, Robbie, he's been in the cigar industry for a long, long, long time. He started Cigar Chat with Cigar Federation way back in the day. And Randy, he's a he's a, a renowned beer expert. So um he knows everything there literally is to know. I've never met anybody that knows more about beer than uh, Randy Griggs. And so they, they have a really good, uh, a good dynamic and they really know their stuff. You know, R Robbie knows a lot about cigars and uh, Randy knows a lot about the drinks and stuff. So it's a, it's a really interesting show to see them go through. And at the end of the show, it's, you know, thumbs up or thumbs down. Sometimes it's, it's mixed review, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, but, uh, so this is season three of Flavor Odyssey. Uh, Smoke Night Live we've been doing forever. In fact, we're coming up on our 300th episode pretty soon in uh, just a few weeks. And, um, and that's where we, we have guests every Friday night. This Friday, it, we, we, it's going to be the gas station cigar showdown. So, oh, I'll oh, show geez. you. Oh, <laughs> jeez. So this is, this is going to be crazy. This is going to be crazy. So we will be smoking. I've been wanting to do this show for so long. We will be smoking Dutch Masters. Oh God, the name, the names, hearing these names is like so fun. <laughs> Philly's Philly's Blunts. Yep. We got some Black and Mild. Yeah. I know you got some Grape Game in there. <laughs> we got some, some Al Capones, and of course, no no show would be like this we could do without, of course, Backwoods. Backwoods. So, uh, we'll be we'll be uh, there'll be I think five of us on that show um and we're not this isn't a, I, my plan for this show is not to just bash this stuff like i mean these cigars sell more in a couple days than than the entire premium cigar world uh you know 
So I'm not, we're not just going to like mock this stuff. We want to take it seriously and, and see what these things have to offer. Um, what, what they're like in comparison to premium cigars, where do they rank on the overall, you know, scale of things and, um, take it seriously and see what we can come up with. Well, you know, in, in the theme of not bashing it, I, w- I will say this, and I'll say it on the air. I will admit, I do love the aroma off the black and milds, and I've had a few, and they're not—they're not horrible. Like if, if I'm really in the mood, I th- I've been known to have one once in a very while, um, right. and when I when I do smell those, I I do enjoy that aroma. So I I, I will will say that I'm not going to frown on it. You know, it's the you know it can be enjoyable. Well, you know, it's like anything. It's like, uh, you know, I don't smoke this stuff, you know, really or anything like that. But at the same time, millions and millions of people do. And it's it's one of those segments of the market that subsidizes a lot of of what we love in the premium cigar industry. You know, I mean, these 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 guys. Hey, at their local gas station or grocery store. So. What do they like? What do they What do they have to offer? How How good? How bad are they? And we're gonna We're gonna dive deep and try to find out. I can't hear you. By the way, all of a sudden. Maybe it was the gas station cigars. It might have been. Killed the audio. You can oh, hear there us we now. go. Yeah, I'm like, what happened there? Um, <laughs> no, I was saying before though. Uh, I love this idea, and I'll wait a while, but I might borrow it from you because I really like this idea. <laughs> okay. But I won't. I won't you know steal what? it from you this week. <laughs> Check this out. We're adding one one um, wrinkle to the show. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this before. Let me see if I can grab it. Okay. It kind of goes along with it. Um, we will be drinking non-alcoholic bourbon. Have you ever heard of non-alcoholic bourbon? No. So we're gonna now. We're gonna I'm intrigued. Try, <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna try this uh, non-alcoholic bourbon as well. And uh, this is really popular these days. Um, is this non-alcoholic spirits? So I'm. I've been super curious, and it just seemed like it fit with this type of a show. And so. Uh, We'll also be uh, sampling that. I, I have no idea. Interesting. Guys, I have zero idea of what to expect <laughs> with, with that. I really don't. See, I would have thought you would have paired like gas station, the best of gas station beer. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, like the, like I, the yeah, 40s. Like and... that, yeah, 40s. Yeah. And like... <laughs> that would have been it. That would have been a good idea, too. Um, yeah. also, that would have also been hilarious. But I've been seeing this on Facebook and I was like, God, what is that? I wonder what that's like. I think really their their main goal with this stuff is to for cocktails. I don't think you're supposed to drink it neat, but I'm going to at least try some of it neat and then have some in maybe an old fashioned and uh, see what it's like. I've had a non-alcoholic like rosé, which was interesting. It had adaptogens and other stuff that's supposed to be good for you, but and it's supposed to calm you down. Some of them have like CBD infusion and mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting. There's a whole market for it, you know, people who don't want to drink. So. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, yeah. yeah, I mean, you have the the non-drinkers who maybe don't want to feel left out, 
Yeah. You know, you, you, you can give them an option too. I mean, it makes sense. And I won't knock it either because I'm sure there's people out there who, you know, probably rely on these products, you know, to, to have because they, they won't drink alcohol either because they, they can't or whatever. Or they choose not to. But, you know, they want to be part of the game too. So, you know, I won't knock it. it, it it's definitely interesting. Non-alcoholic bourbon, I think, is, is very interesting mm-hmm. to me. I mean, non-alcoholic <laughs> beer, like I, I, like I kind of, I can kind of see that, but like, I'm just trying to think like non-alcoholic bourbon. That's that's interesting. That's an interesting mix. I'm definitely gonna. So what that means is we have to watch a show on Friday. Yeah, I I, I, I we're really gonna have to, and I because re- I really want to see what you have to say about that. That's that's interesting. So what is that called? Spiritless? Is that what it's called? This this particular one, I think it's called like um, it's it's the company Spiritless, but it's like uh, oh, okay. Kentucky 74 or something like that. Um, oh, I is see. the is the name of and it turns out i mean there's tons of companies doing this obviously as you guys <clears throat> probably know um so this is just one of the ones that i i picked uh because i was getting a lot of ads for it so i'll just buy it and and see what it's all about there's a, a whole bar here in denver that that's all they do is like mocktails and so it's a really growing segment of the market and mm. so i'm curious what's it all about so i'm gonna find out yeah it is interesting um so so that I will have to check that out. I'll check that out. Now before the show you were talking about you are a bourbon guy. We we kind of got yes. into that off air a little bit. Um and we already kind of talked about what you like, what you don't like. So what uh just I, I would say again for our listeners who missed out. <laughs> what are some of your favorite bourbons to drink? So you know I I, I mean obviously I'm 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 no bourbon expert. I but I just love bourbon. And um you know back in the day when we could get, you know, Pappy Van Winkle on the shelf and that kind of stuff. Yeah. It, I really got into to bourbon. And um, nowadays, you know, I, I'm sort of out of the chase. I don't really chase it anymore. So, you know, if I go to the liquor store and they have Old Forester 100, which is like a $24 bottle, that's a good solid bottle. You got Elijah Craig, which is a good solid bourbon. I mean, there's a lot of uh, really decent stuff. Um, Old Forester, their whole line of stuff, I think, is really good. So, like, if you're not sure and you're wanting to get into bourbon, uh, Old Forester is a good place to start because they have a whole line of stuff that's easy to get and it's all pretty decent. Um, Weller is a lot harder to get nowadays. Uh, Henry McKenna, single barrel, is really good, but it got voted whiskey whiskey of the year a few years back and so now it's like twice what we used to pay for it and i don't know if it's quite worth that anymore yeah but um that's another that's another good option um so yeah like we're we're usually here in, in dojo studios we have a whole you know lineup of of stuff and we're always trying to get um you know tried a little bit of everything um but i i sort of i lean a little bit towards the old forester stuff just because i know it's quality at a at a pretty reasonable price yeah, I know for us we uh we're fans of the the regular like the the standard Buffalo Trace, you know, the name brand bottle uh, is a good one. Uh, I like the Rowan's Creek from the Willet mm-hmm. Distillery. Um Elijah Craig small batches is, is is pretty good as well as the um the 1792 small batch is another one that I enjoy. Um I like that Horse Soldier. Oh yeah, the Horse oh, Soldier was, was good. pretty good. We actually we found that at Corona. Well, we were actually down in Florida last month, and we went to uh, Corona downtown. And uh, I know, uh, I think Jeff had some barrel picks of. Yep. Oh, um, was that was that the the in Orlando or in Tampa? In Orlando. Yep. In Orlando. Yeah. The, the the Corona the Corona in Tampa has 
a fantastic uh, bourbon selection. And the guy that that runs that, his name's Tommy. Mm-hmm. He he's a, a a bourbon expert, and he had a he had a barrel pick of Buffalo Trace, just the regular Buffalo Trace, but it was his own pick. It was fantastic. I mean, it was the best Buffalo Trace I've ever tasted in my life. It was absolutely phenomenal. So you can, you know, with some of those barrel picks, and Buffalo Trace is a solid anyways, right? I mean, yeah, almost almost everything they make is, is really good. All the Wellers, like we talked about before, and, and obviously when you get into some of the higher-end stuff, you know, the antique collection and everything is phenomenal. But, you know, regular Buffalo Trace is good, but that single barrel pick, oh, my gosh, you guys. It was it was amazing. Yeah, there was a barrel pick that uh, I think that I got from one of the local liquor stores around here, and I remember it was like, yeah, this is definitely you can definitely tell the barrel picks from the standard, you know, regular off the shelf bottles. Uh, and there was one that they had around here that I remember being like, wow, this is much better than usual. And it was a, it was it was a store pick. Um, and there's there was as you were saying, this is another bottle that was a store pick that I got from one of my local liquor stores who I, I frequent a lot. Um, and it was the Russell's reserve private selection of, of their Russell's tenure. Um, that was really good. I had a wild Turkey. That was really good. And I remember getting that bottle and we did a tasting of a bunch of different stuff. And I was like, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. And I, I, I grabbed a couple of different things and I, I got home and I remember opening that bottle and I finally had it open and I was drinking it. And as I continued to drink it, I was just like, wow, this is really good, and it dawned on me that I actually had never had anything from Wild Turkey. So that was really my first experience with Wild Turkey. I'd never had the 101 or uh, the Rare Breed or any of those other uh, lines that they carry. So I kind of went right to that, and I just remember being blown away by it. And then, um, you know, I couldn't find it again. And then uh, they actually posted recently that they are one of, I think, three liquor stores in, like, the whole state that are getting a barrel pick again this year. So I was like, well, I, I definitely, I definitely got to jump on that. So that's the thing with the barrel picks too. Like if you're really into bourbon, you know, you, you, you find good places, you know, that do good picks, you know, people who really know how to pick the barrels. Um, those barrel picks can be really good. I mean, compared to the, to the standard, you know, the non pick bottles, you know, those can be really good. And I found that this store, you know, the guy who runs the store, you know, he, he does it right. He knows the stuff and he always has some good picks. So, um, I think that's a thing that doesn't really get talked about enough. I, at least for, at least for me, like, I feel like we're always talking about bourbon stuff, but I don't really feel like there's a lot of specific pick talk going on. Well, the topic too now is kind of switching over to tequila and that seems to be interesting. And you said, you know, earlier on that, um, you've been experimenting with the mezcal. So what have you had lately that you've liked? Yeah, so, uh, the, the, the Drew estate guys really, um, we're pushing us to uh, to get into mezcal, and um, so we did we did a show recently um, with Joey Joey Drew from Drew Estate, and um, he was he was really pushing the uh, the mezcal thing. And I'm just such a I'm just such a bourbon guy that I'm I'm stuck in my ways. But we we said ah let's let's just have a mezcal. Well, actually, we could call it tequila summer because we're not totally limiting it to mezcals. But uh, so Tequila Summer is going to be in Dojo Studios. We're going to have, um, we're going to really experiment, get our feet wet, so to speak, in uh, tequilas and mezcals. And I really like it. So like mezcal is uh, super smoky, you know. 
But mm-hmm. there's some in some of the better mezcals. There's some kind of funk, you know, and um, I like that kind of funkiness to it. The stuff that sort of challenges my palate and makes me think, hey, wow, this there's something to this. So um, so we've been doing a bit of that, and uh, we've had a few really good bottles so far. But I, I have zero idea what I'm doing. So hopefully by the end of the summer, I'll know a little bit more about it. Now, one thing I will say that's been our little secret that we've been kind of experimenting with is tequila that's been aged in bourbon barrels. And there mm. is a whole bunch of stuff out there. And we've had the Corazon that's been aged in a Weller barrel. That was really good. I, ha- I, have, I have some Corazon, yeah. Ah, that one was amazing. But what are the other ones, the the taller bottles? I can't remember. Oh, are you talking about the uh, the Expressiones? Yes. Well, that's all Corazon as yeah. well, but it's well, a different collection. Yeah. Um, yeah, Corazon is, is, a, is a brand that I've been getting a tequila myself. It, it's, it's not something I've really been into, but in the last six months or so, I've been getting more into it. And Corazon is a brand that I feel like is not that prevalent right now, but it's good. Um, I feel like it's, at least in our area, it's kind of a hidden gem, you know? Um, but yeah, so I, I've been able to, I've been able to track down the, uh, I think it's the Reposado that they have aged in the, in the Weller barrel. That's pretty good. In the Sazerac one. Um, yeah. And then we also have the Expressiones that was aged in the Sazerac rye barrel. Um, you know, but I've been going through all sorts, you know, Inejos, Reposados, Blancos, uh, you know, I mean, I've had all the basic stuff. Now I'm kind of gonna going off the beaten path. You know, there's one that I found that's um, that I actually like as an everyday tequila, and that's the Terramana, which I believe is the mm. Rocks tequila. Uh, we had that in Miami, I think. Yeah, was that my? Yeah, I think it was Miami. We yeah. were at Cigar City, City yeah. Cigar, City Cigar, and uh, that's where I first had it. And uh, I just remember being like, "Wow, this is this is really good. This is a nice, simple everyday tequila." Uh, not too expensive, it's like you know. Thirty bucks, I think, a bottle. Yeah. So, and that's the thing too. You know, we talk about spirits. You know, even cigars. But when I mean, you talk about the spirits, like you don't have to really break the bank to uh, to get a really good drink. You know, whether it's bourbon or tequila. And, and you know, Eric, I know you feel the same way too. I mean, you walk into some of these stores and you'll see these bottles. You know, like I think the uh, like the Casa Azul tequila that comes in the in the in the big clay pot bottle. I think it's like 140 bucks, 130 bucks, and I haven't had it myself, you know. Um, but I was like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll maybe I'll get to that. And I've had a lot of people tell me like, it's all hype, you know, it's all hype. Now I don't know if that's true. I haven't had it, but you know, you, you see stuff like that, and people are like, nah, you're better off just getting this, you know, sp- just spend thirty dollars, and it's it's way better than that. Um, so it's definitely uh, it's definitely a new to us as well. It's definitely a territory that I haven't. Uh, navigated too much but so i'm excited for it we uh we definitely need to get to our news segment though uh our news segment is brought to you by mcauliffe cigars uh become an ambassador today head over to mcauliffecigars.com and sign up and get your coin and your tasting passport and fill that out and send that back in to win some amazing prizes from uh mcauliffe cigars so uh eric and you f- feel free to chime in on this one too uh i think this is one that most of us have probably heard about and that is the news that uh bill seeking premium cigar exemption from the fda regulations has once again been introduced to the house of representatives uh now this is obviously something that has been an ongoing thing you know the fda cigars regulations putting some language in there to exempt Premium cigars from other tobacco legislation, uh, you know, there was the substantial equivalence deadline that 
was supposed to happen last year and it got moved and then it got moved out again and um so the ever you know as we talk about on the show all the time and i'm sure you guys do as well is you know the ever the ever ongoing drama of the fda versus uh, our beloved industry um so eric do you have any thoughts on that yeah, you know, I, I'm just, I gotta say, I'm just thankful for guys like Coop because they can keep me up to date on this stuff. I have to admit, my eyes sort of glaze over sometimes when, um, when this topic gets brought up because it's just, there's so much to it. There's so many details. There's this bill, there's that bill. And, um, we, we tend to focus a little bit more just on the, you know, the community aspects and the cigars themselves. But obviously, as being in the industry, we have to try to stay abreast. You know, recently we had Glenn Loop and um, Josh Rubisky on our show, and that was a really interesting show. I'd never met Josh before. He's a super cool guy. He's really knowledgeable, and he's really excitable, and he, he he's a big fan of, of what all of us guys do, you and, 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 and our stuff. So, so that was really encouraging to see that they're, they are paying attention Um we got you know PCA shows coming up in just two weeks. Uh, we'll, we leave two weeks from tomorrow, so uh, hopefully there we do we'll too. be able to hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll be able to hear some stuff maybe uh, there that maybe we haven't heard elsewhere. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, like I don't know. It's just it's tough for me to to get. I, I, all I do is I just push people to hey you know go go fill out this um, you know go fill out this uh, signature form you know let your voice be heard talk to your representatives and stuff but i don't follow it as closely as as guys like coop and that's why i'm so thankful that they that he does <laughs> there's um this is gonna this is something that i definitely want to bring up with coop on our on our spare notes series but i'll i'll i'll, I'll kind of touch on it very lightly here with you in case you have anything but i was on facebook last night and i was scrolling through and and i haven't really and i'll admit i haven't researched this so i don't know how accurate it is but someone had commented or shared a link that uh, the state of Connecticut will be banning indoor smoking as of, I want to say, October 1st of this year, which would, I believe, as this person said, and again, I haven't researched this yet, that's my disclaimer, that it would include cigar shops and lounges, um, which obviously is detrimental because that just kind of takes away and so i don't know if you've heard this news eric i saw the i saw the same thing on facebook uh probably the same post that you saw yeah and um yeah that's crazy like uh, how did that slip through yeah um and i remember whoever posted it was pretty angry with the pca and trying to kind of point fingers and uh, say like, wow, you know, like I, you know, I pay all these dues to PCA and these organizations and, 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 and stuff like this kind of slips through. And I feel like that's a, that's kind of a, and I, and I can't wait to talk to Coop about this. Cause as you know, it, it'll be, it'll be such a, a long conversation with him, but a good one, but it'll be, it'll be so, it'll be so thorough. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I'm not going to take sides on it. I mean, it's it's unfortunate, you know. If 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 indeed this is true, it, it is unfortunate, and it and it, it sucks to see that. Um, and and you hope that you know something changes, and that really doesn't get set in stone. Um, but you know, it, it's kind of the reality of what a lot of people are dealing with right now. Um, you know, state to state, and that's why. And so, someone had commented, and I think this is really important to mention that you know, as much as the PCA and the CRA are 
good organizations and you know we all support them and we we stress people to to get on that that bandwagon there's also state by state there's their own you know cigar associations per state that kind of do their own stuff um you know like right right up here in new england we have the a lot of our cigar stuff gets done through new hampshire so there's the cigar association of new hampshire you know with david garofalo and, and kurt kendall and and some really cool and great people up here that have been really successful that, that have done a really good job of, you know, protecting a lot of cigar rights in New Hampshire, which is, you know, another great cigar state. So, yeah, I just wanted to kind of throw that out there just as a little sprinkle of, you know, just yeah, don't forget about, you know, state organizations, you know. And if, and if your state doesn't really have one or if it's weak or whatever, like get involved or, or try to try to get involved and, and make it better because, you know, it, it protects all of your, you know, your cigar lifestyle uh, where you live. So. It's going to do it for our news for the week. Now, normally, you know, it's it's funny. I think I had, when I was talking to you about coming on the show, I think it was uh, it was that week, I think, or the day I think I talked to you last about it was uh, you had John coming on your show. I think it was. Um, right. And so you didn't get to – I know he didn't do it with you. And, no, and I, I thought he would be here tonight. I didn't realize there was a gourmet smoke session. But normally on the show, he does his, his soap review. Mm-hmm. Um, and, (laughs) (laughs) and you're missing out on that now. And I just, I feel like you're one of those people that really would have loved this. And like, uh, we, we did talk about it on our show. It was was hilarious. (laughs) It's something that he does. He does do it with us. You know, whenever he's on, he's got his own, he's got a piece part of soap clubs and he gets a different one and he sits down with his bucket when he's up in Maine, when he's in Miami, he just goes right in his bathroom with his laptop. He's done them from some pretty crazy places. He was at Atlanta Cigar Week last year, and he brought he brought the phone in the bathroom with him, and he had the bathroom attendant with him, and it was a whole thing. It's definitely fun. It's it's entertaining. Um, I I never thought it would become what it is, especially as a ma- as a mainstay on our show. But um, and it's funny we talked about doing it and kind of stealing his thunder and i forgot all about it and i wish i wish i remembered because i totally would have done one tonight and uh stole his thunder and made him really i feel have left some out. other ideas to steal john's thunder Sorry, oh john. you d- oh you do um, oh yeah. well, let's hear these ideas <laughs> oh no 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 not on the show but um it might come about to fruition pca week are we gonna right. do are we gonna do it in the bathroom in the airport like john does maybe i kind of did that when we went to miami Mm-hmm. but I, it was my first go about, so it kind of sucked. Yeah. And I'll be honest with you, like I was a little shy, like going live in the bathroom. Cause I was <laughs> like, there's going to be someone who comes in. Like, what the hell is this? Um, see the guy at the urinal in the back, just like, yeah. That happened last yeah. Time. Like the, yeah. yeah, that happened to John. Okay. John was in the bathroom live <laughs> on the show and everyone was watching. And there's some dude in the background taking a piss and <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> even blurred out. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> but, um, and I don't even think he's watching with us tonight too, because he's. I think he's getting ready to cook for like probably I don't know 120 people. Um, so anyway, I guess I guess we'll just glaze past that. Yeah. So Eric, you know, we've talked a little bit about the dojo. We've talked a little bit about you. We talked a little about bourbon. What are your? Uh, I would say, what are your aspirations for the dojo in terms of you know how how do you want to continue to grow? What changes, you know, if you could make any changes to it. Uh, and what what would those be? Well, well uh, just this week we announced a big addition to uh, Dojoverse.com, which is the uh, digital uh, Camp Camacho experience. So now inside the Dojoverse, um, there is a group that's uh, Camp Camacho. And if you join that group, there's a 
whole different set of challenges and things that you can earn badges and shields that are all Camacho related. Um, so hopefully in time we'll just keep expanding this universe of the dojo to just uh, encompass more and more fun things uh, to do for cigar smokers. You know, here's the thing with the, the dojo verse is, um, you know, over the years, you know, you, you share like your, you share like what you're smoking on Instagram or on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Right. And, but like over three or four years, you know, you, you look back and you're like, what, what did it all mean? Like, what was it just a waste of time? What was I doing? You know? Right. And so with the, do with the dojo verse, uh, as you're doing these things, you know, you can earn these types of badges. Like maybe you smoke a lot of Maduro. So you get like the Maduro maniac badge, or maybe you smoke a lot of Cubans. So you get like the Cuban badge or whatever. And, and in time, you just start collecting these things, and it gives you kind of a profile of yourself. Like, this is, I didn't realize, you know, I didn't realize that I smoked so many Dominican cigars. I smoke, you know, I'm a Dominican level eight, but I'm only a uh, Nicaraguan level one. I didn't even realize I was smoking so many Dominican cigars or so many Maduros or whatever it is, right? And so it gives you some sort of at least history of what you've been doing socially. Um, not only are you interacting with the, the community and having some fun there, but you're also getting some insights into your own smoking habits. And so we're just planning on expanding all those types of things over the years. And eventually, you know, there's been three different times where Facebook has, you know, kicked cigar groups off and then, and then rescinded and let them back in. And hmm. so it's not it's not unreasonable to think that there could come a day when Facebook says we don't want cigar groups or any cigar content on our platform anymore. It's 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 not only possible, but in, in a way it's kind of probable. And so we hope that we'll be ready to absorb that and always give a place for cigar smokers to enjoy online. We're no longer beholden to Apple We're no longer beholden to Google we're not beholden to YouTube or Facebook or Twitter or anybody else. We are our own platform. And so, you know, we're going to be there for cigar smokers, uh, you know, as long as we're on this planet. And so hopefully we can keep it interesting and have some fun. Uh, that's why we do the cigar collaborations that we've done in the past um, to kind of just break up the year with something fun and different to do. Um, and so and we've got more of those planned for uh, this year as well. So um, we're always just trying to do something to kind of break up the monotony and make it interesting. Yeah, I, I, I would I would agree with you with, with on that. You know, it's and I've had this conversation with a lot of people. You know, the it's the inevitability um, of, you know, Facebook, YouTube and all that stuff. And to have your own website. You know, that's that's one thing. You know, they can't they can't take away your own website. That's your website. You host it. You pay for it. You build it. Uh, it's not someone else's platform where they can decide whether they want you on there or not. So, having your own website, your own platform, your own you know you has you know you have your own universe, so to speak. Um, I think that's important, especially for the future with cigar. I mean, cigar specifically, you know. It's 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 an issue, and it gets talked about. And you know, there there have been people who've been kicked off. You know, I remember, it was uh, it was last year. I think uh, David Garofalo was on uh, Facebook. His personal Facebook page just got wiped right out, and he wasn't even promoting anything on that page. It was just his personal page. 
uh, just to connect with people. And uh, he just one day he went on there, got wiped out. And I, I've talked to uh, you know Kevin Shahan, cigar prop, and he he's been on uh, the show before, and he's talked a little bit about this and 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 having YouTube kind of suspend their accounts and other people he knows. Some of their videos are deleted, and now there's there's people moving over to other video platforms like Odyssey. Uh, which you know we have set up on you know just it's kind of another thing to have but yeah it's one of those things I, I've been getting to think about myself you know just put kind of move everything towards the website um, because you know again they can't take that away even the even the podcast channels I, I think I think it's safe to say that the podcast channels are pretty safe for right now in terms of like the, those audio episodes that, that, that go up I don't I don't see those really being endangered it is more of like YouTube and 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 Facebook and and eventually probably Instagram's owned by Facebook, so I mean I can I could see that being part of that too. So yeah, I mean it's it, it's definitely important. I think you guys have done a really good job at you know creating your own space. It's really important. Um, well, well, if there, if that ever happens, you guys, there'll always be a place for a smoke and tobacco group on Dojoverse. So oh, you're absolutely. Safe. Well, thank you. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. We, there's uh there's always the dojo. That'll, that, 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 you right. know, if all else fails, that'll be my mission statement. There's always the dojo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's always the dojo. Uh, even Coop, you know, it, hey, you know what? If Cigar Coop somehow, you know, that, that we, we just absorb him in the Cigar Dojo. I know he's probably listening too. Yeah, so. you need a Cigar Dojo video platform for creators. Next step. Ooh. Well, also, mm-hmm. so one kind of cool thing is, is you can embed any any video from just about any platform into the Dojoverse. So there are other platforms that are uh, far more accepting. You know, there's Rumble and a few. You mentioned uh, one already. And so, you know, that's a that's a topic or that's an area that I, I it'd be very hard for us to to breach would be the the video hosting platform because you're talking about massive amounts of data and bandwidth. Um but who knows what the future will bring? Maybe someday uh, that that we'll have to do that as well. We'll see. We'll just see how that goes. Yeah, it's uh, it's becoming one of those things where you know every uh, every day uh, there's there's always the and everywhere I go there's always a rumbling like did you hear so and so's YouTube account got taken down? <gasps> yeah. And it's like oh who's I, next? I hate it. <laughs> I, I, I laugh I laugh with you, but I actually I hate it. I mean I agree. I, I, the, you know, we we've ran into this. So, you know, we had our app on, you know, the, the original Cigar Dojo app was on Apple and 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 Google. And I woke up one morning and it was just kicked off. And um, they said, no, we don't want uh, any more tobacco products at all on our platform. And I I called Apple. I kind of sweet talked the the rep lady and uh, she allowed us to stay on for like another year and a half. You know, we were kind of grandfathered in, if you will. But we couldn't update the app or anything. And um, so we were sort of stuck. And we were right at the point. We were right at the point we were about to invest a significant amount of money to add some features. And then that happened. And so then we, we were in this sort of limbo phase for about a year and a half where we couldn't update our app. And we knew that the end was coming. And so then that was the... Um, you know, kind of invigorated us to to develop what we now call is the Dojoverse, and that's it's an app, but it's a progressive web app. So, you know, you you go to it on your phone's browser. If you save the icon to your home screen, then it just acts just like an app, like a regular app. You don't it doesn't look like it's in a browser window or anything. It's it's literally like an app, but you just don't get it through the app store. 
And so now we're not we're not under the thumb of Apple. We're not under the thumb of Google or anybody else. Like there was a time when we we accepted logins from Facebook, right? Like you could log into the dojo via your Facebook account. Mm -hmm. But then Facebook said, okay, you have to have the login page use all of our colors, or otherwise you can't use Facebook. The login screen has to look like Facebook when you're logging in. So all those types of things, we didn't want any of that. Like we didn't want to be dealing with, right. um, you know, these these big uh, tech companies telling us what to do. So that was really what pushed us. And, and and I'm so thankful that it did because now we have the freedom to do whatever we want. We have all these custom features. You check into cigars. You know, there's a leaderboard. There's all these things that we could have never done uh, in in their platforms. And so so in a way. It was it was a painful blessing, but it was a sort of a blessing in disguise. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting when the, when it works out that way. You know, you're forced to do something, but it ends up helping you, in in right. a sense too. Uh, here's a shot out of a cannon, and then we're gonna we have to we have to hit our our uh, sports news segment really quick. But a shot out of a cannon for you. So, being the you know the master sensei that you are with cigars. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Best cigar experience you ever had? What was the one cigar you had at any location, any time, anything? It was like the one that you, you sat down, you had the cigar. It was the most memorable you've ever had. I can remember it well. Uh, we were on a family cruise, and um, it was, I think we, we went to um, a few countries, and we had the whole family, my wife, all my kids. It was a great time. And there was this one morning where we were in a port in Mexico somewhere. I think it was um, – it doesn't matter. Uh, it was a port in Mexico somewhere. And what was it? No, it wasn't. It wasn't Co Jordan said Cozumel. It wasn't Cozumel. It was um, – anyways. So we're, we're in this port, and, and me and Jordan and Dominic, those are my two sons, we said, hey, let's, let's get up super early tomorrow, and we'll have a cigar. And so we got up, but the sun wasn't up yet. We got some coffee at the uh, at the little uh, at the little where the boat has a little restaurant. So we got some coffee, and we had my father number threes. All of us had my father number threes, and we went out onto the deck. There's nobody there, like literally, we're just the only people out there. And the sun is just just peeking out above the ocean, you know. And we're standing there with uh, a nice cup of coffee and these my father number threes. Just me and my two sons, and it was the most incredible smoking experience. I'll always remember that, and uh, that was that was my favorite. I love the way you painted the picture of that story too. I can I can almost picture it too. No, really, I mean it, it, that's a really good story. I mean, you know, you're with your sons. You know, the, the sun's coming up. It it, it it's it, you know it, it's a beautiful uh, image that you you know you you paint there. Um, I I that's a uh, that's a fun. I always love hearing hearing the answer because you know. Everyone always gets so caught up, you know, every day you're lighting up, you're smoking stuff. You, sometimes you smoke some cool stuff. Sometimes you smoke stuff you don't like. You do like crazy rare stuff that doesn't live up to the hype or maybe it does. And But it's like no one ever talks about like that one time when it was like I had a cigar and it just changed my life. Um, and So I, I like asking that question. It's always, it's always a fun uh, response. But, yeah, we're going to hit our we're going to hit our news. Uh, sorry. Our sports news segment brought to you by Nova Cigar. Hashtag make Nova big. If you head over to NovaCigars.com, you can use our discount code SMKTAB15 to save 15% off your order today. Um, I'll keep this brief. Again, John's not really here for me to banter with unless, Eric, you uh, 
have anything you want to get in on. Well, I hope I hope it has to do with hockey because I'm in. Well, we we can talk <laughs> we can talk hockey. We we can talk hockey. Uh, you know, uh, Bruins are out, but Bruins are out. So are the Avs. The painful. It's a painful subject. Yeah, you're from Colorado, so yeah, you're a hockey guy. I didn't even put two and two together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm a, I'm a major, I'm a hockey fanatic. Are you kidding me? Uh, yeah, we might actually have a little fun with this. So, not only because they beat us, but also because this is Boston and we hate everyone from New York, I don't want to see <laughs> the Islanders uh, progress. I, I do want to see Tampa Bay bounce them out, um, you know, they did suffer uh, based on the other night. I think they will. Was it eight uh, nothing? Yeah, it was eight nothing. They got blown out. Uh, was that game four? Which game was that? Yeah. Or game five, I maybe? So. Um, yeah, they got blown out. It was eight to nothing. But you know, Tampa Bay has got a good team. You know, they got the cup last oh. year. Um, I, I still want to see. Uh, I still want to see Vegas win. I still want to see, see Vegas. That's tough for me because they bounced us out. So, uh, uh. But at, at the same time, here's what here's what I thought going in, going into this weird playoff scenario. I thought it's either going to be Colorado or it's going to be Vegas. It's, to me, those seemed like the two best teams in the NHL. But it was so hard to tell because with this whole weird COVID structure, the divisions there was they didn't play each other. So like. I mean, is the Canadian True. division any good? We don't know. Like, is the uh, the Western? How does the Western division stack up against? What about the East and, and so on? You you didn't know how they would uh, face one another. I mean, I've had a good idea that the 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 Vegas Colorado series was going to be pretty brutal because those te- both those teams were so good. But then once it got past that and they started, you know, playing the other divisions, I'm really surprised that the Canadians are doing so well against the Knights. Like, um, I, I, I got to say, I didn't see that coming. I sort of felt like Vegas was just going to roll over them, but that's not the case. In fact, you know, it's one game away from the Canadians taking that. So game six, I think, is tomorrow night. So who knows what will happen. Tampa's got a great team. Um, now I'm sort of – now, based on the way Vegas played against the Canadians, now I'm sort of leaning towards towards Tampa's being the better the better team. So, uh, also being from Boston, you know that the Habs are not are not a favorite team of ours either. Um, so, <laughs> for us, I don't. I really don't want to see. Wait, a let, win. just let's just be honest. <laughs> if you're a Boston fan. You don't like any other teams. No. You just you just no. hate all of the other teams. Come on. We hate everybody. I mean, we have a, a soft spot for um, for football and Tom Brady still, but well, yeah, that there's, there's the exception yeah. to the rule. The exception to the rule in Boston yeah. is you're also like you're like honorarily a fan of wherever Tom Brady goes now. So I mean, yeah, we rooted for him in Tampa Bay. We were happy that they got it. We were just happy that Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski got the Super Bowl. Uh, that's really what it came down to. You know, you know, I got another, <laughs> I got a, another story, a good cigar smoking story. Oh was, yeah. Um, I went down to Tampa, uh, and I was hanging out with, with a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of dojo guys in Tampa, a bunch of great guys, Donald and Brad and Bob and all those guys, and we were watching the the NFC Championship game with Tampa and Green Bay, and here we are at Cigars International, the the new store down there. And this place is obviously it's packed, and um, and I'm smoking a uh, a 20th anniversary Fuente, and that cigar just it just for some reason that day, 
it was so good. And the energy level in that building as the game started to wind down and people started to realize that they were going to win that game and go to the Super Bowl, it was insane. I, I took some live Facebook video that day of just the, the energy in that in that cigar store was incredible. And I'm smoking this fantastic cigar and the drinks are pouring and uh, it was it was amazing. I was rooting for him too, man. And I'm, you know, here's the thing. Here's the here's the thing with Tom Brady. I used to hate Tom Brady, but I can't hate him anymore. He's he's just that good. Like there's no denying he's the greatest ever. So why it's silly to act like Tom Brady is no good. If you if you come out and you say, "Oh, he's been lucky this and that." You you just sound like an idiot because he's obviously the the greatest ever to play that position. So so now I'm I'm on board, man. I'm fully on board. I'm actually I'm a Tom Brady fan now. I went from a hater to a fan cuz he's just that good. You know, I think I think for a lot of people, the argument could be made that, you know, when he, with everything he did up here in New England, like, you know, was good and he was successful. And, you know, we got six, we got six Super Bowls with him and uh, the 10, uh, we did he get 10 conference championships and, or nine, nine of them. And uh, he's got 10 now, but he had nine with New England. And, you know, I think, like, yeah, he did that with all one team. You could argue, like, there's so many factors with that, whatever. Right. To to pick up, go sign with a new team, a team that, mind you, hasn't really been the talk of the town. And then you get Rob Gronkowski to come out of retirement to come down there and play. You get Antonio Brown, who they say, we're never, we're not, we don't want Antonio Brown. Well, they signed Antonio Brown. And then they go to the, they win the Super Bowl that first year. You can't, you can't argue that. I mean, no. you. I think that's really where it kind of was like, yeah. I mean, you you just can't you can't hate him because <laughs> it, it's not like a just a New England thing anymore. It's it's just he he is greatness. It's a know? Tom Brady. He thing. can go somewhere else. <laughs> he can go somewhere else, and uh, he can do the same thing down there. And I think basically it was kind of like it kind of threw some shade over Bill Belichick because it's almost like yeah, yeah, like you're you're supposed to be like the best coach ever and blah 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 and. And now it's like, well, guess what? I did all this without you. So it's not like it was you. It's it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And not only that, another, another thing that adds to that story that you're saying is Tampa wasn't doing that good up through halfway through the season. And I think that's pretty much the time that Brady said, look, guys, I just have to – you're just going to have to let me take over the offense and just do my own thing. And then they – he did, and then they – then they were unbeatable. So like that just adds to the lore of, to the lore of this guy. I mean, he's, he's, in, he's incredible. I mean, it, it's, it's something to see. I mean, in sports, it's kind of fun. Like, you know, how often do you get to see like the Michael Jordans, you know, now it's been, it's been all these years and you try to think back, like how much, how fun it was to watch like Michael Jordan. Like we're mm. getting to see that still right now, you know, with Brady, like it's, it's really incredible. I think it's incredible. The fact that he's been around for so long that, like I remember the first three Super Bowls in New England. There's kids now that watch him and are fans of him that weren't even alive when that happened. Right. And it's like that's insane to me. You know what I mean? Like they they like the fact that, you know, uh he's just been around that long and he can still do it. He's what? He's going to be 45 at the beginning Will of the season. Will he ever retire? I mean, there was a time when he's like <laughs> I want to play till I'm 45. And now I think he said at least once on the record, like, meh, we'll go for 50. <laughs> Which, honestly, I, I, 
if he was 49 and he was winning a Super Bowl, I wouldn't even be shocked. I'd be like, yeah, there, there he goes. Um, that's just Tom Brady for you. So now, all right, now you got to admit it. You got, you guys got to admit. Did you, did you get teary eyed when, when Ray Bork held the cup with the Avs and all those years with Boston, and then he gets finally gets the cup from Joe Sackick in the Stanley Cup. I, mean, I remember that, that game. That, that had to have been great for you, Boston fans, to see him. And it was really great for us uh, Colorado Avalanche fans because, you know, that was our second cup in just five years. But uh, getting to see Bork, like, hoist that cup, and that you, you knew that that was it. That was the last – he was the last chance. You know, he had he'd played two years with the Avs, and, and it wasn't going to happen again. But uh, that year they, they pulled it off, and he got to hoist the cup. That was incredible. It's, it's interesting that you bring that up because I'm definitely a sports guy and I'm definitely an emotional sports guy like I I can really get sentimental over the special moments and growing up um you know I played hockey and uh Ray Bork was my favorite player like I always wanted to be 77 when I played hockey like that was my thing you know it was Ray Bork and I remember that and I remember when he won I remember when he got traded and I was disappointed because I was like uh, he's not here but I remember when he won, I, I, I even I was really young, but even at my young age, like my dad explained to me, like, you know, like it's OK. And he, you know, he, you know, he went to another team, you know, maybe he can win and, you know, he can he can win the Stanley Cup. And I remember when he did it. And uh, I, I remember that was special. Even being a young kid, like, I remember that was special. And I remember watching that and, you know. Joe Sackey takes the cup, but he gives it right to Ray Bork, which oh, it yeah. never happens. It never, but no, it was it no. was like the no, this is the respect moment. Like no, right. Ray Bork deserves this. Um, you know, I, yes, like I know, like I take it, but no, this is for Ray, and that I, was I that get, was special. I'm getting goosebumps right now, just you you describing that. I'm getting goosebumps. I just remember, I remember, it, I actually remember the the commentary of the the trophy presentation. When it was handed to Joe Sagic, and then it was, and after what is it like twenty? Was it twenty three years or whatever? Twenty whatever. He, it was like, and then they just came Raymond Bork, and he has the cup. <laughs> and I just remember like, yeah, man, that's one of those moments in sports where that's that's special. I don't yeah, care, like yeah. that's that's special. I mean, that's that's special. Like when when you know, like when Jordan came back. And he and he won another championship, or 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 when Tom Brady won the fifth one, or or you know when they when they beat the Falcons, you know, there's certain moments that yes, they're good moments on their own, but there's something extra special about them, and that's that's got to be one of the best, um, yeah, no doubt. So being a hockey guy, let me ask you this: uh, Do you feel that Gretzky is really the great one? Oh come on! Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know it's funny is if, you ever, if you're ever playing, if you're ever playing like. Uh, hockey trivia or sports trivia and of any sort mm-hmm. and there's any ever a question that's like uh, who scored who had the most uh, points per season I, if you just answer Gretzky every single time you're nine out of ten times you're going to be right I mean he literally holds every possible record that there is and some of them aren't even close like I mean like his you know his a mass amount of points and goals like those records are, are never going to get broken I mean I know, I know. People say never say never, but those records really probably will not be broken. I mean, come on, they're in, they're so far ahead of everybody. Yeah, I mean that's the same with like with Tom. You know, like Tom, Tom's got that with football. He's like every every game he plays, he he breaks another record. It's to the point now where they announce it, and I'm like, what do you do? Oh, all right, yeah, <laughs> it's just another one. Okay, just added to the list. <laughs> you know, it's like. Um, you know, we, we've seen, we've seen Michael Jordan, we've seen Gretzky, you know, we've seen Tom Brady. Um, 
We're due for another like really big baseball superstar, though. I mean, there's been some really good players in recent years, but there hasn't really been a really high caliber baseball player on that level. Uh, so I'm excited to see who that who that next person is. Uh, I mean, granted, baseball has been around a long time, and, the, and, there, and as I said, there's been a lot of great players, but I think we're due for another like super legend in baseball. My help it might help bring some. Uh, ambiance to the sport that it needs yeah yeah for sure (laughs) uh hey so that's gonna do it for sports uh that was a fun one even though john wasn't here that was still a fun one i liked that one uh he would he wouldn't have brought anything to that conversation anyway so he he would you know what he would have done he would have spun that into the nba (laughs) he would have turned that into like well one can argue like the nba and it's like all right it's nice to have a nice you know hockey conversation Mm -hmm. it's always you know football and basketball with john um yeah Hockey's the only real sport left. You know, I'll admit, you know, playoff hockey. First of all, hockey players in general. Yeah. Like, I'll admit, you know, those guys, I mean, what was it? Was it two years ago the Bruins were in the finals? We lost to St. Louis. And I remember Chara took the puck to the mouth and broke his jaw. He came back out on the bench with a glass mask, and he's like, no, look, I'm going in. And he started the next game. And he's like, no, I'm I'm going out there. He had the he had the glass cage, all like the full face, but he he was out there. And I was just like, dude, if I broke my jaw, I'd be like, uh, I I'd be like, no, that's the last thing I want to do. He's like, no, get me back out there. Just give me like a better. It's like, okay, <laughs> you know, these guys lose that, teeth, break legs. Like, no, I'm going out. <laughs> that had to have been rough this year for Chara, like um, losing to Boston, and uh, that that had to have been kind of a, a heartbreaker for him. Do you think he's done? I mean, yeah, I, you know, I mean, like, I like, he's another guy that I just really like a lot. Like, he just seems like a super cool guy. And I, I, I'm, I'm friends with uh, the, the Colorado Avalanche, uh, the voice of the Avalanche. And, um, uh, and he, he's, he always tells me, like, that's the one guy that nobody wants to fight. Cause he's so, just so big. And he's yeah. not known as a, he's not known as a fighter or anything like that, but he's just so big and, and he's got a little bit of a mean streak in him that just dudes don't mess with him, man. I mean, but yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know if he played again, like uh, another year or two, like, how much is left in the tank? I don't know. Like if he was at the, on the right team where he just had to kind of hang back and play, play D maybe, maybe he could squeak out a couple more years, but you know, he, he's been a great player. He's got nothing to hang his head about. I mean, come on. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we loved him when he was in Boston, you know, it, you know, a large, big guy. You know, he's got his own custom sticks that are like taller than me. I mean, he massive, massive, massive guy. I love the. Uh, I remember. I mean, they all have it, but like with with him specifically because of his because of his stature and his, and his sticks, the slow motion, <laughs> yeah. like the like to see that thing curl is like. It's just crazy. <laughs> yeah, now, nowadays the sticks just bend like rubber, don't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, no more wooden sticks. <laughs> so, Eric, you know, we're getting towards the end of the show. Um, you know, we, we've had some we've had some fun conversation. It's been a good time. And, you know, I want to thank you again for coming on and hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. It's uh, It's been a good time. And, uh, you know, I know you guys have a show tonight you got to prepare for. So, um you know, like I said, we started a little earlier. We wanted to make it all work, and we wanted to give you plenty of time so you could prepare. Um, but yeah, th- thanks for coming on. Um, we'd love to have you back in the future. But before we go, is there anything that you would like to say, 
or anything you'd like to promote to close out the show? <laughs> uh, I think I've promoted pretty much everything. I know we'll have some exciting news at PCA, uh, Dojo uh, news at PCA. Um, you know, we do a lot of uh, collaborations, cigar collaborations that we've done in the past, and uh, one of them might be coming back at PCA. I can't say which yet, but that'll be exciting. Um, uh, we're really looking forward to to that, so uh, keep your eyes peeled for that. Otherwise, it's uh, hey, uh, the main thing this week is the uh, the Camacho experience inside Dojoverse. It's super cool, and so people should check that out. Just go to dojoverse.com and um, sign up. You could earn your black belt tonight, or not your black belt. You could earn your white belts probably tonight if you uh, posted some pictures and checked into a few cigars. So. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it's I'm gonna have to go back on the dojo and check it out and. Uh... And like I said, I, I've lost a little touch with the dojo. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to sit here and be like, yeah, I'm on there every day. No, I'll, I'll admit, I've lost a little touch with them, but I'm going to get back in. Because, um, you know, that might be our backup plan someday. You know, we might just, right. we, we might just, yeah. we might live on the dojo. There's always the dojo. <laughs> There's always the dojo. I'm gonna... that'll, be our, that'll be our new tagline. There's always the dojo. Yeah, yeah, there's always the dojo. Um, <laughs> Nicole, is there anything you wanted to say? No, just the next couple of weeks, um, we are prepping for PCA on the show. So mm -hmm. I think we're going to do a pre-show and then a post-show. Yeah, we will be. So shows. if you're looking at the schedule, uh, did we did we make our announcement? Uh, we are moving the show back to Thursdays. Um, I, I, think, I think this is going to be our last Wednesday show. If not... It'll probably be the week after next. Um, Stay tuned for an announcement. Yeah, we'll we'll, make, we'll have a we'll have a specific yeah. when that changes, but uh, we are going to be going back to Thursdays. We're going to stick to the same time. Uh, we're not going to go. But we used to do Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we are going to stick with seven, uh, but we'll be back on Thursdays. It, it's just it's um, it's easier for for us just personally. Yeah. Um, you know, so that we can give our full uh, undivided attention to the show and, and to smoking tobacco. So it, it'd just be a lot better for us. So um, we're not going anywhere. Just we'll be on a different day. Um, we will be live in Las Vegas. So next week, uh, next week we have a show. The week after we will Maybe be live. Yeah, we, no, we will do yeah. a show. Um, we head out to Las Vegas and then we will. St we're actually staying through Las Vegas the whole week after the trade show as well just for some some personal downtime uh but we will still go live from las vegas too uh we might even do something with will cooper um it's kind of been uh, uh this details are still working out but we, so we there won't be any there won't be any missing shows we're going to be you know going right through so uh don't worry we're not going anywhere other than that thanks guys for watching with us eric thank you for coming on the show and we'll see you all next week eric don't go anywhere all right <laughs> bye everyone